This is the download from Sounds Profitable, the most important news from this week and why it matters to people in the business of podcasting. I'm Manuela Bedoya. And I'm Shreya Sharma. Before we get started, we wanted to take a quick moment to congratulate La Descarga co-host Gabriel Soto, who will be a keynote speaker at Podcast Movement in Dallas this August. Congrats, Gabe. This week on The Download, a YouTube channel dives into podcasting on the video platform, the absence of podcasting's middle class, and what do IAB's measurement standards in video games mean for podcasting? Let's get started. First, something light and promising. Last Thursday, Creator Insider, a YouTube channel operated by a creator-focused wing of YouTube, uploaded a four-minute FAQ video about podcasting on YouTube. While the video doesn't necessarily contain new groundbreaking information for someone who is deep in the podcasting industry, it's a wonderful sign for the future of small to mid-sized podcasts unsure about perceiving YouTube as a viable podcast platform. Strategic partner manager Erica even backs up the size of YouTube's reach with a citation of Edison Research data. Having good, concise resources to facilitate an easier move towards the mentality that YouTube should be treated like any other podcast aggregator is a promising step. It's also interesting to note how much importance is placed on properly enraging podcast episodes in playlists. The video takes great care to establish best practices for naming and arranging playlists. While RSS is never spoken aloud, it feels like YouTube's approach is to use the existing functionality of easily saving video playlists to treat playlists like an RSS feed. Who knows, in a few months, we could be hearing about updates to the platform that bridge the gap between how YouTube is consumed and how audio podcasts are consumed. Speaking of YouTube, last Monday in an exclusive from Reuters, Reporter Fu Yun-chi shared details on Google's newest bid to negotiate an EU antitrust probe without a substantial fine. Luckily for podcasting, this could have beneficial knock-on effects. Google parent Alphabet has proposed to open their digital doors for the first time to allow third-party programmatic partners to place ads on YouTube videos. Here's an excerpt from the report. Quote, The European Commission opened a probe last year to examine whether the world's largest provider of search and video was giving itself an unfair advantage in digital advertising by restricting rivals and advertisers' access to user data. End quote. If Google does end up waiving the requirement to use Ad Manager to place YouTube ads, this could both please the European Commission and open up a considerable amount of valuable inventory to podcast ad buyers, Inventory through platforms that they're already familiar with. And since YouTube is pushing for more podcasts on their platform, that inventory will still be going to benefit the podcasting industry. Last Friday, a prominent podcaster under the Spotify umbrella said the quiet part out loud. As detailed in last week's Hot Pod, Sports analyst and host of The Ringer, Bill Simmons, revealed Spotify parts the metric curtain for creatives that sign with them. The following is in reference to a recent episode of Peter Kafka's podcast, Recode, in which Simmons appeared. Quote, One thing he mentioned in the podcast that stood out to me was how he uses data. Although he said he does not pay too much attention to his own show's performance metrics, he indicated that he takes advantage of Spotify's other data resources to scope out the competition and better position his shows. End quote. 
The newsletter goes on to quote Simmons' interview in Recode, in which Simmons describes having the ability to see the metrics of competitors' podcasts on Spotify as having access to quote-unquote an incredible war chest of intelligence on the habits of people who listen to podcasts. This is one of those rare moments where a known fact being stated out loud makes it sound like new information. It's not particularly breaking news that a content aggregator would have excellent data. Everyone in the business can use access to the data of a podcaster's competitors. It's just not often talked about. The fear behind what Simmons says here is that Spotify owns more than just the aggregator. Big Green owns hosting platforms and one of the largest ad businesses in Megaphone. There's nothing new under the sun. Retail giants like Walmart and Amazon have done this for retail purchasing competition in the past. But now podcasting is growing up and one-stop shops like Spotify are becoming more common. Last Thursday, Eric Newsom published an installment of his Substack, The Audio Insurgent, in which he floats the question, does podcasting like a middle class? The piece begins with Newsom speaking at a conference heavily attended by GMs and CEOs of public radio stations. During a talk Newsom hosted, he asked a group of over 200 public radio heads, a demographic famous for embracing podcasting, who here had at least one podcast that made 50,000 downloads a month. Fewer than 10 attendees met that metric. Here's an excerpt from Newsom's piece. I quote, Why are those numbers important? The average CPM ad rate in podcasting is about $23.16 per thousand downloads. To qualify for buys at even that average rate, you generally need to have a podcast that's downloaded 50,000 times per month. Public radio sees podcasting as a critical part of its future. Yet, today only eight stations in the country are capable of hitting that rate on their own. End quote. Newsom's piece proposes that the predominant narrative for smaller podcasters has created a class divide where the majority are told that the only real strategy is to create content without fair compensation. Keep creating for long enough that a magic larger company will buy the podcast for a massive windfall. Independent podcasters are expecting to either make it huge or fail out. There is no middle ground. Here's another excerpt. Quote, Podcasting has been around for more than 18 years, and public radio has been considered leaders in its development and growth. Yet, of the 200-plus stations in the room, exactly one of them had figured out in all that time how to produce a show that was self-sustaining for a staff of one. End quote. The gulf between blockbusters and small indie projects is wide. There must be a place in the middle for creators and providers alike to make a good wage producing podcasts. There's adequate amount of goals in them their hills if the industry will stay claim to it. This one's for the gamers in the audience, though as per usual, we're looping back around to podcasting by the end. Marketing Brew's Ryan Barway covered some interesting new updates from the IAB regarding measurement standards in video games. The standards, which hadn't been updated since 2009, used to consider an impression to have happened once a player had been exposed to an ad for at least 10 seconds. Barwick says, That's been cut down drastically to one continuous second for in-game display ads and two continuous seconds for video ad units, so long as at least half of the advertisement's pixels are in focus. Those are more or less the same guidelines for online display ads. End quote. These are more or less the same metrics applied to online display ads, but with the added consideration of ads existing in 3D space. 
The IAB's guidelines take into account viewing angle and pixel clarity in an acknowledgement that modern gaming is capable of placing ads inside game worlds. It's about time, too. The download scriptwriter Gavin Gaddis remembers when the Obama election campaign purchased Billboard Space from open-world racing game Burnout Paradise in 2008. Fashion brand Diesel bravely bought ad space on the side of vans that drove around the city. Vans that could be destroyed by players ad nauseum. Quoting Barwick again. The IAB's new standards should be finalized by the fall. To Francesco Petrozelli, chief technology officer at the in-game advertising firm Bidstack, the standards feel a bit like a minimum. One second isn't enough for an impression, he argued, and that it could lead to an oversupply of inventory. End quote. How does this relate to podcasting? In a world where seeing a Pepsi logo on a street sign while playing a multiplayer match of Halo Infinite counts as an impression, there's no room for arguments about the validity of considering podcast downloads, quote-unquote, real engagement. This last full story is a Ryan Reynolds tweet of all things. On Tuesday, the actor posted a video in which he professes his love of shooting outs, describing them as mini-movies with the same creative process and crew requirements. And like movies, ads are shot in places other than Hollywood, without many initiatives to ensure diversity and inclusivity in many of the necessary career paths. Quote, Almost two years ago, we started the Group Effort Initiative to increase inclusion in the entertainment industry amongst BIPOC and underrepresented communities. And it's been hugely rewarding. That's why I'm proud to be co-founding the Creative Ladder. End quote. The new nonprofit will, like Group Effort Initiative, work to make careers in the advertising creative space accessible to everyone. We love to see more diversity in every corner of the industry. Finally, it's time for a semi-regular roundup of articles that didn't make it in today's episode, but are still worth working into your weekend reading. First up is a must-read issue of Stratechery titled Spotify's Investor Day, Spotify's Music Aggregation Podcast Anecdata. Also, My Lifetime Ban from the Podcasting Cool Kids Club by Neil Headley. And lastly, a reminder that the 2022 edition of the Infinite Dial Canada is June 30th, and you can register right now at the link provided in the show notes. And that was the download from Sounds Profitable. I know we went through these fast, so be sure to check out the links to every article mentioned right in your podcast listening app or on soundsprofitable.com slash the download. And thank you for sticking with us as we bring you the top stories you might have missed from the past week. I'm Manuela Bedoya. And I'm Shreya Sharma. Our producers are Brian Barletta and Evo Terra. Special thanks to Gavin Gaddis for writing today's script and to Omni Studio for hosting the download. And as always, thank you to you for joining us. Robot? Download complete.